Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Mm -hmm. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find we are not alone. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dave. Hmm, How what? are you today? What's gotten into him, I wonder? Hello. Well, I just messed up the intro about five times and I figure <laughs> if I slow down, maybe I can think it through and talk. You also sound very robotic. Oh, okay. I'll take that then. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Who are you? Uh, but uh, you don't sound like you're all that great. Now, let me guess. Mm -hmm. Something about, mm, well, let me think. You woke up at 5.30 this morning and couldn't get back to sleep, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. How'd I know that? Uh, Maybe because you told me earlier today. Yeah, I suppose. So, anyway, enough about me. Well, Pastor Dave, I have been thinking. Oh, oh she's been thinking. Oh, I just love scaring him with those words. And I'm going to be very practical. Okay. There were questions we didn't answer uh, during last week's show. We didn't? No, we didn't. Hmm. Okay. For instance, what is fruitful labor for Paul and what is fruitful labor for me? Oh, okay. Why does Paul desire to depart and be with Christ? What hmm. does this mean? Okay. Okay. I wrote all these questions down, so uh -huh. I don't forget them. Why is it necessary for them, for Paul, to remain? Them being the Philippians. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is one of my favorite questions. Is Paul arrogant in thinking that their faith and joy is dependent on his being with them? Hmm. <clears throat> what does it mean when it says, conduct yourself in a manner? What is this? Okay. And then it says, frightened by those who oppose you. What does this look like? Hmm. Is Paul saying suffering is a sign that you are in the right? Uh, and if that's true, then uh, what's the sign that you're in the wrong? Not suffering? Okay. You, you, you need to take a sleep pill there, my dear. I do? You've been thinking way too much. Oh, I love thinking. Holy smokes. How about you help me and help our readers? I think we got to back up a little bit and read some verses to which these connect to, and then maybe we can answer them. All right. Reading in Philippians chapter 1, starting with verse 22. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. 
I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Kind of heard some of the questions even as uh, you read that. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this verse 22 again. Mm-hmm. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Now, what does Paul mean by fruitful labor for him? And also, what is fruitful labor for me then? Um, three or four things run through my mind there. Fruitful labor, obviously that means... Uh, there's labor involved, there's hard work, mm-hmm. and from that work there results fruit. And and uh, I could joke about, well, he's speaking about grapes, he was a grape farmer, mm-hmm. uh, but that's really not the case. Um, well, the question would be, what was Paul laboring, and what did he uh, prize as the great fruit in his life? Uh, seeing other people come to recognize that Jesus Christ is Savior from exactly. sin. Exactly. And he also understood as a, um, as a pastor slash elder, used in the old sense, that many times the best way to do that, or some, sometimes the way to do that, is to train others who then will train uh, or, or help and so he he worked hard with Luke and and um, um, Timothy. T- thank you, Timothy and uh, Silas and a few others. Titus and a few others. Yeah. And he started out with Barnabas, and they went on. He went on his other way. So he knew the value of of working with people who would then then do the very same thing. So his labor was always directed towards Jesus. Now. I don't know about you, but there are days when when the day is over and I look back and go, oh, man, crap, I didn't get anything done today that I planned on. Mm -hmm. I had four or five things listed, and I didn't get any of them. I've been there. Well, Paul is kind of looking at it that way. He has an agenda of what he wants to do during the day, but it isn't take out the trash or or build something or knit something or, or walk your kids to school. It's about sharing Jesus. Isn't that something? His goals and priority, what if we had that as our fruitful labor? I am not going to be happy today if somewhere during this day I don't get to talk to somebody about my Jesus. Uh, Now, wait a minute. I remember when I was a kid, I used to believe that in order to get to heaven, I had to tell someone about Jesus and convince them to believe in Jesus. Hmm. I don't know where I got that idea, but hmm. but what if I can't find someone new to tell about Jesus? And what if I don't know how to tell someone about Jesus? I mean, what do I do then? Well, t- two things uh, come to mind with that question. Good, 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 good questions. Uh, one might be. No, that wouldn't be a good one. Um, well, another might. Uh, 
that wouldn't be good. Um, well, gosh darn it. You mean you sit in your apartment all day after day after day after day and never talk to anybody? Never see anybody? Well, never go on a call ride? I do go on uh, tra- paratransit. Okay. Sure. There are always people. Now, sometimes it would be that you can't just say, hey, you are my obligation and duty today as a Christian. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Now, that would be a real club over the head. Then you're only ticking it off as as something you're doing. Now, obviously, that isn't going to work. No. So praying for that person, praying for the opportunity, and uh, identifying other people, maybe in the neighborhood, maybe you don't know the person next door, but you hear him start up his car in the morning, start praying for that person for the opportunity, and pray for them, pray for them, pray for them, that they would know Jesus. Sometimes that is all one, and and if that's all one does, because that's all they can do, then you look back and say, did I do the best I could? Yeah. Sometimes that's the fruitful labor of the day. And it isn't totally getting everything done on your list, except, yes, you kind of are. Because, again, it kind of goes back to last week, if you may remember, talking about there is the earthly and the spiritual. um, And and in motion, uh, we spiritually are always in motion. Where earthly, sometimes we aren't so much. We can be spiritually in motion in order to affect the lives of people. Pastor Dave, I've seen you at times talking to people absolute strangers about Jesus Christ. And it's, I like strangers. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. And I remember this one time we were on a shuttle bus and it sounded so natural the way you just gently brought the conversation around to talking about it. But I don't know that I could do that. I mean, despite the training I've had, uh, I feel very clumsy when it comes to that. And I'd imagine that there are a lot of others out there that do too. Hmm. Would you teach us some natural... Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Got that sheet of those questions there? Rattle it. Do you got it? Yeah, right here. Is that question, can I teach you on that sheet? No. All right, then. Hmm. No, I won't. Okay, then. Yes, I will, but not today. Um, Suffice it to say, and you may raise a very good point, I do have a gift of evangelism. I love to talk with people. Mm-hmm. I challenge people to do that. But, okay, I'm gonna, and you raised a very valid point. Not everybody does. So really then the point will be, what, is your, what are your gifts? What, are, what, what is God wanting you to do? Somehow it's going to be in the area of service mm-hmm. of people. So I do it by talking the, to them. We're talking about the fruitful labor now that we That's can right. do again. That's so. right. That's right. And so what is something you can do? Certainly you as a Christian, you Cecilia or any of our listeners can pray. But there's other things you can do too. Mm-hmm. So really, um, the step number, step number one, I don't like that. Assignment number one is what is your God-given gift or ability? And you can't say, I don't know. That means if you don't know, 
You got to start praying to Jesus and asking him what it is and start figuring out because you've got it. Remember back, I alluded to it in the last uh, segment, did in the last show. There's spiritual and there's worldly. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. And things in this world can slow down and stop, even in our daily life. But spiritually, we're always moving, sharing, showing, serving. If I remember right, your second question was, uh, why does Paul want to depart and be with Christ? What does this mean? Yes. That's a pretty easy answer, isn't it? Well. What would you say? Because Paul wants to be where there's no pain, no suffering, no sickness, no problems, no nothing like that. And... He wants to be with the one who gave him eternal salvation, who, who gave his life for Paul. I would say you're half right. Only half right? That's right. So which half do you think is right? Uh, oh, come on. The part about mind. being with Christ? Yeah. The, yeah, really. I think that is really what he's talking about here. Paul, he, he understands... How can I say it? We don't like suffering. We feel miserable. Um, we, we don't like this and that. That didn't bother Paul as long as he was doing fruitful labor. And there's verses that talk about that. He just did, in fact. He is willing to put up with all that crap. Well, yeah, I'm willing to put up with it, too, but... No buts, should... no buts, no buts, no buts. Mm. What happens if you say the word but? He raises everything else in the sentence. He was happy. He wanted to be with Jesus because then he'd be with Jesus. I think it really is that. We may add the other stuff, and that is true. I don't want to deny that, okay? So am I wrong and bad for thinking that I'd like to be where there is no pain and suffering anymore? Uh, half wrong. Now, first I'm half right, then I'm half wrong. Are you a half breed? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. When you figure out half of it, then come back and give me the whole of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mr. Wise Guy. Why is it necessary for the Philippians for Paul to remain? Paul knew that they were growing Christians, growing in their faith, and that they were being bombarded, that they weren't as strong as he. Um, in fact, I joked about it in the last one. Paul really, I think, had a... a, 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 a what would I call it? Not a supernatural, a, a high level of understanding of what life is about. And so those Christians in Philippi maybe didn't. And so he knew it didn't matter to him. But his life is expendable because he had it later. But it isn't so expendable for them because they weren't where he is. And if he could help them 
certainly his staying, would be a benefit for their growth, their faith. All right, I'll give you that. But you just ran right into my next question. Mm-hmm. Is Paul arrogant in thinking that their faith and joy is dependent on his being with them? Objection, Your Honor. This question is misleading and, and calls for uh, 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 a summation of, of the witness, of, of facts not in evidence, and how can they know what's going on in his mind? But, Your Honor, Your Honor, this goes to the whole motive, the very reason for Paul's writing this letter in the first place. Darn, caught in my own trap. <laughs> Ah, yeah, it really almost does sound like he's arrogant, doesn't it? That he has to be there for them. And it depends. It it might be that that was one of the things that God was working with Paul at any given time. Um, There is a a combination of of knowledge and yet needing self-humility when one knows Hey, you're really needed here to this thing compared to, oh, I'm needed here and oh, I know what to do. That's the arrogant part. Yeah, and Paul was a pretty high up person even before he became a Christian. Yeah, he was. And you know, to put it in a slightly different term, I could see, given half a chance, my little Tori when she was five years old saying, Hey, Dad, that's pretty arrogant to, to think this and this and this. And I would just say, No. I've been around the block two or three times, and sorry, I know. Get to your room. So sometimes there is that deeper vastness that goes on. And so that's a very fine line of motivation. And that's probably something Paul did have to struggle with at times. For the last three questions, we have to read verses 27 through 30. That'll get us to the end of chapter 1. Yes, it will. Uh... Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Okay. Okay. It says, conduct yourselves in a manner. Uh, what is this? What is this? Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Uh, you got to add that. Because otherwise, conduct yourself in a manner of what? Like a reckless drunk or, <laughs> or, you know. So the key really here is worthy of the gospel. What is the gospel? 
but that relates to God and how we are saved. And if it relates to God, that also means then how we as children of God live. Conducting yourself in a manner um, would be to live your life as one who is a child of God, saved by God, and uh, uh, does the things of God. It's not always easy. No, it's not. Absolutely not. How do I always know what is the right way to act? Well, here's one, and I, believe it or not, this this is true. I literally heard of this. This is years and years ago. Um, of 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 a lady was telling me that when she was in a cult, uh, they actually encouraged her to have sexual relations with men to win them over to come into the cult. I've heard of something like that Mm -hmm. before. And so that's not something worthy of the gospel. That's worthy of a cult. Uh, But that's not a manner that one would conduct themselves because adultery, as it says in the Sixth Commandment, is wrong. Mm -hmm. And, And so that's not a manner worthy of the gospel. There's some obvious things like I just mentioned. There's some that are not obvious, and and that's where it takes, well, I would say uh, 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 prayer, but also then conversation with fellow believers who can help guide and lead you. But finally, one has to take a step of faith. Lord, I'm not sure if this is right or that's right. It's really gray, and I could friends have said both ways, so... I am trusting this is the way that's best here, not for my sake, but your sake. Bless it that my step in faith here is pleasing to you. That would be a way, especially we don't know, that it's a way worthy of the gospel because it's depending on Jesus. I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Oh, without being frightened. You stand in as one person for the gospel, not being frightened. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... I suppose you're wondering, what, what, what is this being frightened about? Well, I get the idea that he's saying that, he's complimenting them, that, that they're being very brave to stand up to uh, the ones who are against them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so that might be a Roman soldier with his sword swinging and lopping heads off? Yeah. It could be the Jewish leaders throwing them in prison and whipping them. Paul got away because he was a Roman citizen. Some of them aren't so lucky. Mm -hmm. What frightens you, Cecilia? Conflict. Ooh. Um, Okay. uh, I want to be brave, but sometimes talking to other people and and hearing them say, well, why are you judging? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, How dare you judge what I believe. If I don't believe in Jesus, 
that doesn't mean that I'm going to, to hell. And that creates a conflict between yeah. you and them. And that, that sort of thing frightens you? Okay. That or, or even having someone say, well, well, everyone's going to heaven. And, uh, uh, you know, just because we believe in Jesus doesn't mean that, that other people don't. And especially with some of my good friends. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I hate to argue this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else frightens you? Uh, being alone. Okay. Uh, that is living alone. Yeah. Um, going to somewhere, being in a new situation sometimes scares me to death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else frighten you? Um, I'm, I'm sure lots of things. Being in a, a place where there's a lot of loud noises or where I can't hear very well, um... Or when I'm in a huge crowd and can't figure out where I'm going. Now, see, here's the difference that I'm hearing and picking up. Those things are all valid. And I could add, and as you were saying some of them, it's like, oh, man, I hear you there. Especially with the loud noises and all. It gets really distorting uh, for people who are blind. And and being alone. um, Sure. But these don't relate to the gospel as a cause of the gospel. That because you're a Christian, that these things are going to happen necessarily. Sometimes they might. And the one about conflict will. Uh, Certainly when we are speaking what Jesus speaks. And sometimes those can be very tough words to people. That is going to create conflict. And um, Paul is trying to say here that when these things come up, that the fear that we would normally have not conduct ourselves in a manner because it might be unworthy for the gospel, but instead that we be motivated, there's that word again, motivation, Mm -hmm. by Jesus to do a certain thing, even in the face of those things that frighten us. Well, Cecilia, I see we are running out of time and we need to stop. But but, but I'm, Uh, I'm not done with asking my questions yet. Well, tell you what. How about we save it for the next lesson, but let's give our listeners a sneak preview of a little bit of what it's going to be. You mean we're going to use the time machine into the future? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no! You didn't answer my question. Yeah, I did. No, you did not. I did, too. I told you what the sign was. That was the question. You told me what the sign was. What the right and the wrong signs are. You you weren't listening to the whole question, apparently. (sighs) You said you remembered it, but the question is, is Paul saying that suffering is a sign that you are in the right? Mm. And if so... So, people, please, please, please help me out. Because if you don't send questions, she will inflict her questions upon me all the time. I'd rather answer your questions than hers. (laughs) 
So write us with your questions at... Info. I-N-F-O. At... That's the at sign. Not oh, yeah, dash not alone. Dash, N-O-T dash A-L-O-N-E. Oh, you're on top of it all. Dot net. Or what else can you do, Pastor Dave? Remember us on Facebook at Room 4216. You can find it by searching for Dave Anders or Room 4216. That's right. And what else do we always remember? We. We. Are not. Are not. Alone. Alone. Our sincere thanks go to Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn for their interlude music.